All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, hollering at you from the dark cigar smoke filled corner of my living room. Oh, wow. Well, I had some good stuff yesterday. I hope you enjoyed that journey through as much as I did from uh, getting sick, having anxiety, and low blood sugar all in the middle of the night. So, did a few extra podcasts to stay awake while I wrote it out. And, uh, anyhow, some fun and crazy stuff in the world today. Uh, it's J Big John on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. And, of course, this is Americana, the American Way podcast and videos on Rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. Alright, that was nowhere near <laughs> as good as Michael Buffer. But, we've got the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, having their annual meetings in Davos, Switzerland. Uh, check out. Check out at Jack Posobiec on Twitter. He was detained by the Swiss police uh, for journalizing today, evidently. Uh, but also, in American news, House and Senate Republicans who voted for the $40 billion in additional taxpayer funding to Ukraine also helped pass... Uh, rubber stamp, they say, a $900 million fund to President Biden's mass immigration priorities. Uh, these are, of course, refugees from Ukraine and the ongoing war over there. Uh, then The Hill has a good article up, an op-ed, of course, uh, Amateur Hour at the White House Press Room. I have a hard time disagreeing with that um, then over on the uh, NY Post and I've seen this in other places too uh, Vladimir Putin will be put in a sanitarium by 2023 and taken out of power that would be a, a hell of a coup d'etat in Russia if somehow some way some someone could get him locked up and put away in a in a mental asylum uh we'll talk about that and then uh the davos switzerland conference uh just get keeps getting more and more fun as uh it unfolds so let's look at this now republicans have a huge uh wind in their sails uh, tailwind, whatever you want to call it, uh, leading into the 2022 midterms. But they're <laughs> spending like drunken Democrats. Um, late last week, this is for, on Breitbart.com and other sources too. Some people think, oh, Breitbart's right wing and uh, bias. Well, find me a news outlet that's not uh, so anyways 
uh, not biased in some way, but I think Breitbart's pretty fair. I mean, here they are criticizing Republicans. Anyways, House and Senate Republicans who voted to give $40 billion in additional taxpayer funding to Ukraine also helped rubber stamp $900 million to fund President Joe Biden's mass immigration priorities. Last week, only 57 House Republicans and 11 Senate Republicans voted in opposition to Biden's $40 billion additional uh, Ukraine aid. Uh, that boondoggle package includes $900 million to fund more immigration from Ukraine, even as thousands of, thousands of Ukrainians pile up at the southern border into the United States. As a part of those millions in funds, Ukrainians will be provided medical services, housing money, and culturally and linguistic appropriate services. So what are culturally and linguistic services? Linguistic, I mean, that would be like interpreters, I would imagine. Some Ukrainians obviously don't speak Russian. They speak a different language. Uh, they, uh, they don't speak English. They speak Russian and other... Uh, I don't know if there's a Ukrainian language or if they speak Czech. I'm not really sure what all... Most people in Europe speak more than one language. And typically English is one of them, but some don't learn English. As part of those millions of funds, Ukraine, oh, I already said that, uh, for an additional amount for refugee and entrance service assistance, $900 million to remain available until September, 20th, or September 30th, 2023 for carrying out refugee and entrance assistance activities in support of citizens or nationalists of Ukraine. Or a person who last uh, habit have lived in habitually resided in Ukraine, for whom such refugee and entrant assistant activities are authorized. Good God, talk about double speak. Provided the amounts made available under this heading in this act may be used for grants. Contracts with qualified organizations, including nonprofit entities, to provide culturally and linguistically appropriate services, including uh, wraparound services, housing assistance, and medical assistance, legal assistance, case management assistance. <laughs> the majority of House and Senate Republicans voted. For funding, including GOP House and Senate leadership, despite record-breaking illegal immigrants, immigration levels pardon me, at the U.S.-Mexico border with no plans to close up the gaps in the border wall that remain fully open. Last month, Breitbart News exclusively reported how the Biden administration had transformed the nation's ports into... Uh, ports of entry, pardon me, into DMV-style processing centers for Ukrainians who were flying into Tijuana, Mexico, to get released into the U.S. One source 
describe the process as a DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, for Ukrainians. So let's get this straight. Now, these are the Republicans. They're supposed to be all for the working Americans now, hardworking Americans. They're all for us. And we have a baby food shortage in this country. We have a food shortage in this country in general, okay? Um, well, baby formula shortage, to be specific. Uh, the price of everything is going up. And now we're giving $900 million, almost a billion dollars, to fund culturally appropriate programs for Ukrainians fleeing the war. The war that we're funding, and, and you know, this money, this 900 million, or yeah, 900 million, pardon me, stays in the United States. Okay, it's going to go to America. I should start a freaking charity is what I should do and get grants to help, you know, like young Ukrainian female models in their late 20s to 40, uh, you know, get assistance, you know, you set up a, a hostel or a, a hotel that they can, you know, just my house, I've got three extra bedrooms, I could put like bunk beds in there, stack them three high, I have high ceilings, I could house like at least nine Ukrainian women, you know, right here in my house, why the hell not? I mean, government's scamming me off, skimming off the top of my tax dollars to give out to other people. I might as well skim a little off the top and take back from the government, right? I mean, what the hell? I might get nine brides. I might have to move to Utah and become a Mormon, but I could get like nine brides out of this. Hey, what the hell? Okay, I'm laying it on really thick. I hope you detected my sarcasm. But this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm glad I live in the country that can afford to help the world. And people from around the world that I've met have talked about how the United States needs to be strong because we absorb a lot of the world's problems because we're such a big nation economically, uh, physical, land size-wise. We have so much diversity in our population, uh, industries, and all that. But there's this big worry, not to get off the topic of Ukraine and these immigrants, but there's this big worry that if China takes over Taiwan, like invades, we may send our military over there for one thing. But the microchips, the computer chips that are made in Taiwan that like... Work every make every technology we have work. Like there's a car shortage right now in the United States. Why? Because they're having trouble getting microchips out of uh, Taiwan that make the car's engines run. <laughs> People are on a waiting list. The cars are made like everything's built, but the, these microchips. <laughs> and we're. We are opening through our own capitalist uh, means, 
of production uh, microchip companies here in the United States specifically here in Ohio uh, and other parts of the US now but uh, it took all of this to get it through some people's thick heads that we need to get our manufacturing jobs back in the United States I still don't understand the mystery of the, the burning meat processing plants and baby food processing plants. That's another riddle me later Batman thing. Um, but we're taking care of Ukrainian refugees from a war that we helped tip off by trying to push Ukraine through NATO. We've always helped Ukraine. We helped overthrow the government in 2014 under Barack Obama, uh, put in a puppet government that Russia didn't like. That puppet government has been bombarding the Donbass region of Ukraine. And that's what pissed off Russia and caused them to send troops in there. You know, and now we've created a refugee crisis and so we're taking money away from Americans to pay for it. Tell that to the mom whose baby's crying right now because she's having to ration out baby formula. Strange, strange, strange. Truth is stranger than fiction. And a, a lot of this money this $40 billion and such and such in aid. This isn't like, you know, we're not providing homes or food or something for the Ukrainian people. The money really stays here in America. and goes to American arms contractors, military contractors that make weapons and then they ship the weapons to Ukraine. So it's being called aid to make you think it's like humanitarian aid and a little bit, little, little bit of it is. And a lot of bit of it is just money to American defense contractors. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we practice to deceive. Well, speaking of deceiving, The Hill has uh, an op-ed uh, called Amateur Hour at the White House Briefing Room. And this lady who's taken... I don't want to do that. Hold on. This lady who's taken the place of Jen Psaki, Kareen John Paris, uh, who made her historic White House, uh, her historic debut as White House Pre press secretary this week. And after watching her first four performances as <laughs> spokesperson, only one sums it up, amateur. Uh, okay, so this is who took over for Jen Prasaki. 
And jeez, oh, what is? I hate saying this because you know I grew up around black black people. I have a lot of black friends, and I've seen this, the prejudices and uh, racial slurs fly. Um, I, I can tell you a million, st not a million, but a few stories, but there's just this part of me that wants to see black people succeed in life in general. And maybe that's some way that someone will say that I'm racist for thinking like that. But here we go with a woman who has little qualification for this job. She ticks a lot of boxes for this. She's the first black woman press secretary. She's the first lesbian press secretary. That's why she got her job. And it's demeaning to the people that they think they're virtue signaling to, to put someone so unqualified in this position. When she talks, she like lays half on the podium. She doesn't stand up straight and talk. When she answers questions, she reads, she's looking down and reading from a script. And the answers that she's reading don't always fit the question that was asked. Let's read a little more into this article. To be sure, the White House press secretary is one of the hardest white-collar jobs in the world. And it is a, a very hard job. Putting up with the press, ha having to know what the president thinks about this situation or that, very difficult. Oftentimes, as we witnessed with John Perry's predecessor, Jen Psaki, the job calls for defending the indefendable, and when 79% of voters believe the country is headed in the wrong direction, and when the public approval of the president's handling of the economy and the border is languishing in the 20s, that's not a job most would want to sign up for. But John Perry is not just a victim of bad luck regarding the president for whom she works. This early conclusion comes after we watch the press secretary read answers to questions, like I just said, oftentimes for extended periods of time verbatim. So she's reading word for word the answers to questions. Now, sometimes you would say, well, then it was a staged press conference. The press gave her the questions ahead of time, but sometimes the answers she's reading don't match up to the question, especially when it's that, that little Peter Ducey kid from Fox News. He's not, not a little kid. He, he's the only one that speaks up to these uh, to Jen Psaki or this lady, John Paree. The confidence is simply not there, or is the conviction. Consider the exchange between the new press secretary and Peter Ducey on Monday, after Fox News White House correspondent read the following tweet from, Bi from, from Biden. 
on May 16th. Okay, it's it's a tweet from his account, but it's <laughs> typed by somebody else. You want to bring down inflation? Question mark. Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share, the president tweeted. So do see how does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gasoline? What followed was akin to a high school student putting together a series of sentences in order to achieve a mandatory word count on a term paper, John Perry. So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well, right? Especially those who care about climate change to support a fairer tax tax code that doesn't change that doesn't charge manufacturers workers cops builders a higher percentage of their earnings that the most fortunate people in our nation and not let the that stand in the way of reducing energy cost and fighting this uh, existential problem. If you think about that as an example, I'm not going to read all this bullshit she read. It goes on for like five more sentences, and they're right. There are just words and sentences thrown together because she's reading off a script. Say what you want about Kaylee McEnany. She was brutal towards the press, as was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as was Sean Spicer. But at least they were speaking from their own own words and from their and were speaking from their conversations with the president. Uh, as was Jen Psaki at times. I know early in her press conferences, Jen Psaki, uh, you know, did the, I'll circle back, I'll circle back, I'll circle back. So I'm not picking on this lady, but somewhere somebody who's controlling the strings from behind the scenes is giving her these gosh awful scripts to read. And telling her to go out there and just just read this. Maybe she'll get better with time. But we've got two more years of this. There's not going to be another year after 2024. My dog could be the Republican nominee and she would beat Joe Biden. As horrendous as this administration's been. Let's take a reset and talk some international politics here momentarily. So, BRB. Let's groove back into this funky thing, white boy. Lay down and boogie and play that funky music till you die. Play that funky music, white boy. Anyone remember that song? 
Probably not, because it's older than me. So, the World Economic Forum is kicking it the hardest, so give them their shoes back in Davos, Switzerland. Davos, Switzerland. Nice little country, the Switzerland there. Uh, Klaus Schwab. <laughs> I'm just going to read some bullet points here. Klaus Schwab, you know, said that they're they're reshaping the world. Yay! No, 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 no. We don't need a big, a big, bigger than big government to reshape the world. We're us little minions that will take care of ourselves. We don't need super ultra wealthy kooks like Klaus Schwab, who uh, taught Gavin Newsom, who taught uh, a few other American politicians in the through the World Economic Forum, uh, the Bill Gateses of the the seedy underworld backdrop and all of that. We don't need them to reshape us. We're cool, Klaus. We'll, we'll be fine. Uh, another little honey of a bullet point, Pfizer CEO, and by the way, Pfizer's like it got that silent P like Pisaki. It's Pfizer. Pfizer CEO Albert Borola, uh, B-O-U-R-L-A, said that they're coming up with an ingestible pill with a tiny microchip that sends a signal to relevant authorities. Imagine the compliance, he said. An ingestible pill, in quotes. And it sends a signal to relevant authorities. Called This is called a vaccine passport. And who knows how long this microchip will be active in your system and in your body. I mean, imagine you would excrete it out at some point. Uh, possibly. Or it could just float around inside of you. In your bloodstream, I don't know. I don't get this. This is scary shit. This is the new digital identity. Remember, I've been ranting on this for a few months. Right, straight. Go to Gavi.org. That's the official website of this ID 2020 project. Uh, we're past 2020 now, but you know, it made me think. I was like, you know, that yeah, okay. They said they were going to put a microchip in our. COVID vaccine, and that was a bunch of crazy, I even say that was crazy right-wing BS. But then I thought, wait a minute. When I got my dog, they microchipped her. And it was a shot. The doc, the, uh, not doctor, the uh, lady at the rescue shelter pinched up some skin on my dog's back between her shoulder blades, stuck a needle in there, like a second and it was done now they're openly saying at this world economic forum the, the annual meeting of the, the muckety mucks and the big wigs of the world in Davos, Switzerland <coughs> that they're going to have a microchip that you can ingest 
in your medication that you're, you're mandated to take. Hello, vaccine mandates. They couldn't mandate us to take the vaccine the last time because they had no real way of really tracking who was vaccinated and who wasn't. There was one guy someplace that got like dozens, if not a hundred shots because other people were afraid to get the vaccine. So he took their information and went to the clinic. I think this guy was in Europe. And anyways, he got the COVID vaccine and boosters and stuff on behalf of other people and then gave them the vaccine uh, passport, the vaccination card. I still have mine from getting my COVID shit here in the U.S. And I still managed to catch COVID. Imagine that. I'll tell you what. My sinuses were all stuffed up. It was the Omicron variant, the first Omicron. And they gave me steroid and an antibiotic. And the steroid must have kicked in because my sinuses and everything drained. The next day, I felt better than I have in years. Because I have like 24-7, 365 sinus drainage. I'm just one of those people. And anyways, but that steroid drained everything. And I felt amazing the next day. But anyhow, I, I, there certainly shouldn't be a microchip in my uh, steroid or my antibiotic next time. But Pfizer might just stick one in there so the government can follow me around. Another fun talking point that was brought up at the World Economic Forum. Uh, the Australian e-safety commissioner, Julie Inman Grant said that there needs to be a recalibration of freedom of speech. Now, since it's dawning, in, and there was a little bit of internet primitive in the 80s, but the real breakthrough was 1995. We could all get online, we could all have a web page or a website, and we could put out whatever the blue hell we wanted. And now... There's too much information sharing. Everything that any government, like the World Health Organization, because they think they're a government, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the Australian government, the American government, you know, your typical what you think of governments, anything they deem as wrong is wrong. It's misinformation, and they want to curtail it. They want to control the narrative and free speech on the internet scares the blue hell out of them because it puts the power with us the little people the goofy gusses like myself that go on and give these talks for the last 13 years about you know politics and religion and wrestling and raiders football and whatever the hell I feel like talking about. They want to tell me I can't talk about this anymore. And they want to make it on a global scale. Folks, the next president of these United States, preferably Donald J. Trump or Ron DeSantis, needs to pull the United States totally out of the United Nations. Every United Nations sub-organization... The, uh, the whole shebang, the whole kit and caboodle, everything that is UN, 
stop sending American money to them, stop sending ambassadors to them, totally cut ourselves off and watch it crumble because it's not the place that it was intended to be where, you know, uh, Franklin Roosevelt and Eleanor Roosevelt dreamed this up where nations could come together and talk their problems out peacefully. It's now become a, a big, big government that wants control over other governments. And they see Klaus Schwab and these people with billions of dollars see themselves as better than us and more educated and a better breed of human than the rest of us. And they want to tell all of us in every nation on earth what to do and how to live and how to think and what we can say and what we can put in our body. No, 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 hell to the nah. That just ain't going to fly. I mean, they really have no power. They can put economic sanctions, but you sanction the United States of America? Hello, we're 50 individual states that can uh, basically function independently of the world. The world would hurt itself more than it would hurt us if they isolated the United States. The UN doesn't have an army without the United States Army. So, I, maybe it's time for the UN to crumble. And all these powerful people that influence the rest of the world with their billions of dollars, Bill Gates, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, uh, Gavin Newsom's not a billionaire, but what, I don't know what his worth is, but he's one of the people they uh, groomed, and uh, not in the pedo way, but groomed you know, to be uh, a, an American politician and do their bidding. They all got to go. Uh, you know, they just got to go. I'm not saying hurt these people, but take away their power. And how do you do that? Take the United States and its money and its military out of the, their government. Simply as that. So speaking of another government that needs to crumble... I find this interesting, and I don't know how we're going to pull it off. Where it's been making the rounds, a New York Post article says that Putin will land in sanitarium and lose power by 2023. Uh, colon XMI6 head. Uh, MI6 is uh, like the British CIA or Secret Service or something like that. They're the British Intelligence Agency. James Bond. Russian President Vlad Vladimir Putin will land in long a long-term medical facility by ne next year, a former N MI6 chief predicted amid rumors that the Kremlin's strongman's health is failing. Sir Richard Dearlove said on the One Decision podcast that Putin, 69, could, Putin, 69 years old, to clarify what I meant by 69, uh, could 
<coughs> be sent to a sanitarium as part of an exit strategy amid Russia's struggling effort to invade neighboring Ukraine. This would be phenomenal because Putin is a very bad man. And this Ukraine thing just needs to end. I mean, I hear people saying, oh, it's, this could go on for 10 more years. God, yeah, if Putin's in power for 10 more years. Uh, you know, he got his own, Putin put his own um, puppet prime minister in to power in Russia and then had the Russian constitution rewritten so that Putin himself could stay in power and step over the prime minister. <coughs> and now we got this crazy war going in Ukraine, which, you know, the U.S. is part of the problem with that war. I make no bones about that. But Russia would not have invaded if the United States had a strong president, which is what it boils down to. And now we're dragging the war out by sending weapons to Ukraine and taking in Ukrainian refugees. And by the way, I was joking earlier when I said I'm going to take in, start a charity and take in nine Ukrainian women. Don't be busting down my door, FBI, okay? It was bullshit. It was a joke. It was funny, okay? Chill out. You've got better things to do, like indict Hillary Clinton. Uh, anyways, I'm really... Uh, this guy says, quote, I'm really sticking my neck out. I think he'll be gone by 2023. Uh, forecast Dear Love, a co-host of the podcast, uh, says, quote, probably into the sanitarium from which he will not emerge as Ru leader of Russia, end quote. Now, in Russia, this I heard from a, uh, it was in the, it was 1994, ish and I heard, I heard this from a Russian defector okay he defected from Russia in the 80s when they were still communist and he was saying that the communists don't put you in jail they put you in a hospital why why would they put you in the hospital when they want to put you in jail because in the jail it's called torture in a hospital it's called therapy so what this MI6 guy is implying it sounds like is Putin is going to be put in a mental hospital so he can get some maybe electric shock therapy to his brain and come out of mashed potato head <laughs> and then the Russians will be done with him and his craziness and maybe they can get back to some Thing that resembles uh, a player in the world and play nice with the rest of the world, perhaps. Let's hope that's what people at the Kremlin want to do and not just follow down Putin's uh, mad dictator thinking that he needs to expand Mother Russia back to the old Soviet Socialist Republic or Soviet Socialist Russia um, and not take over other places like Ukraine although some parts of Ukraine want to dissolve and either be their own 
countries or join with Russia because they identify as Russians. But that's a whole nother heap and help. And Putin just wants to see Russia return to greatness. And he thinks that by expanding their border, uh, by fighting with NATO, and the dude's become a billionaire himself through all of this. Uh, he thinks that you know this is what's good for Russia. He wants to be a strong Russian leader like Stalin. Um, I remember George Bush, my boy W, was out there the other day, and he he flubbed the line and talked about this horrible war of aggression against Iraq. I mean Ukraine. Whoops. Um, but in 2000, 2001, that era, with the first four years of Bush, the whole Bush term, two terms, Bush met with Putin. He had Putin come to his ranch in Texas and talked about, you know, when I look into his eyes, I see a Christian. Oh, chum on, George W. And, you know, and then Donald Trump catches hell for meeting in Russia with Vladimir Putin. Obama met with Vladimir Putin. George or W. Bush met with Putin. I started to say H.W. that was being correct. H.W. Um, met with um, Gorbachev and Yeltsin. President Clinton worked closely with uh, President Yeltsin of Russia. And then Vladimir Putin stole the Y2K thunder by announcing he was the new president of Russia in the the New Year's Eve 2000. We were all sitting here with our shotguns and our flashlights and our cans of tuna waiting on the lights to go out and the world to crash into hell because all the computers were going to crash because <laughs> none of them were programmed to uh, reach the year 2000 and instead the computers just figured it out for themselves and kept on running and the power grid stayed on and everything was fine and suddenly on TV before midnight here in the United States of course uh, it comes on this Vladimir Putin guy is now the president of Russia totally stole Y2K's thunder Jeez, I tell you them computers are just so unreliable but, uh, yeah, let's hope old Putin ends up in a sanitarium. He probably needs to be there. I mean, not in the Russian commie shock therapy treatment way, which is really torture, but they call it therapy. Um, the guy's obviously not playing with a full deck. But what do I know? Hey, see y'all next time. God bless y'all. Um, pray for one another. Pray for peace in the world. Pray, just pray, 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 pray. Pray to the God Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, the God of Jesus Christ, and uh, have a good day.